Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, the first of our series on owning the inputs. For those of you who aren't regular subscribers to Career Tools, I did want to point out that there's a great cast that we just posted on Career Tools called Disagreeing with Your Boss. So if you've ever disagreed with your boss and it hasn't gone well, or you're thinking about disagreeing with your boss, you might want to check that out. You can find Career Tools by simply going to iTunes and searching for Career Tools. It's in the business section. Or you can go to the Manager Tools website, www.managertools.com. So check it out. I think you'll enjoy that show. All right, here we go with today's show. Has ever happened to you? You know, you just you're in your office doing your normal stuff, and you know, one of your directs comes in and she owes you something, right? And then you ask her for it, and she blames somebody else. <laughs> oh no, it's never never happened to me. Apparently, you don't hire as well as I do. <laughs> yeah, <probably> not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and th- this is one of those things. Like every manager who's who's ever managed, right. One day in their life has to go through this, right? And if you're a new manager, we we just like to take a bet as to how soon it is before that happens to you. Yeah, and as, as the movie line says, there's never an egg timer around when you need one, right? Should take about three minutes before one of your directs drops the ball and then says, "Well, but you don't understand. I couldn't do my work without without Bob's stuff. Bob promised me X. He didn't get it to me, so I can't get it to you. So you know, it's really it's not my issue. It's Bob's, right? I mean, that's that's the problem." Okay, well, it's, it's never happened to you, but it's <laughs> happened to me. So, so okay, so, that was a fib. I admit it. It happened to me a hundred times. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so what's the right way to handle this situation? Do I mean, do we go talk to the other direct? Right? So <laughs> Sue blames you know Bob. So do we go talk to Bob? No. Or do we give instructions to the direct we're talking no. to in terms of how to go solve it? <laughs> yeah. Do we get them both together and ask questions? Yeah. Well, I think I think the one that most managers do is they ask questions trying to figure out. Who's done what and what they actually tried as a way of, I don't know, of, of solving the problem. But but um, no, here's what you do. We have six steps. First, you give negative feedback about missing deadlines. Regardless of who's responsible for any given part of it, this person did miss a deadline. Okay. Step two, after their pushback comes, of course, give negative feedback about them owning the inputs. That's what this cast is about, the concept of owning the inputs. Okay. Uh, we in step three, or you know, we're going to suggest some phrases that may be helpful to bridge the gap between the feedback and the discussion that may happen, although it doesn't need to happen if your direct continues to ask questions. Number four, you need to be prepared to use the shot across the bow um, feedback theory, uh, which is in a separate cast, but we'll touch on briefly. We certainly need to pay attention to those who regularly cause others to be late. If you have three people working for you and two of them are really, really good, but they're always blaming the third person for stuff and you think the third person, uh, they're not throwing him or her under the bus for any reason. We need to pay attention to that just for future reference. And a final point, number six, in terms of future, thinking about the future, you can't fix relationships, folks. Um, but you can encourage behavior change on the part of your directs. And I, I encourage all of you to be very careful about thinking you're a relationship coach because you're not, and you never will be. You're not going to be good at it. You're not paid for it, and you have no leverage with it. So so I would I, we caution about that. And the reason we do is because we know so often managers in trying to get to a solution end up feeling that they have to coach their directs on relationships. And if the relationship is good, well, then 
results will come in. Well, there's no evidence that that's the case. So, right. Good. Okay. So the first step sounds, yeah, particularly for folks who've been listening to manager tools for a while, seems pretty straightforward and basic, right? Give negative feedback about missing deadlines. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you still do this if you've already done a bunch of other stuff, maybe other stuff that we'd recommend you don't do? Yeah. You know, th- this is funny. We got, I got a question recently from somebody, you know, long time problem with the direct and that they're to the point where they want to fire this person. I say, you know, well, you know, okay, fine, but you've been contributing to their negligence in whatever fashion. And the manager said, no, I haven't. I said, well, sure you have. I mean, you've, you, you're complaining that they've been behaving poorly for six months. You clearly haven't ratcheted up incentives or disincentives or punishments on them. And they're still there. So clearly they believe that their behavior in some way is okay. And since you're responsible for changing their behavior and the output of their behavior, and if it's not sufficient, uh, you're going to be held accountable then you're partly to blame. And and it's always frustrating for managers to hear, you almost always have to start over. What most managers want is they want to take the last two weeks, six weeks, nine months, and crunch it all in and say, this is enough. But of course, if we've not been behaving as managers uh, in an effective way, then we're not going to use all the previous history against somebody all at once. It just sends a message that I was keeping track of you and now I'm going to hammer you. And that's just not the way to manage people. You, you can try it and you can get rid of one or two people, but you'll drive everybody else into their holes and they'll never come out again. So, so we often do this where a manager comes to us and says, well, I've already messed up. I'm already into this discussion. We just say, well, just stop, right? Just stop. Whatever you've been doing up until now, wash it away. And when we talk about shot across the bow, it's really obvious. If the problem goes away, if we wash away everything they've done before and say, well, we're going to start afresh, believing, of course, that they're going to make a mistake. If they don't make the mistake again, what do we care? Right? I mean, if the person changes their behavior, we're fine. So so if we have not been giving negative feedback, if for some reason we have been engaging in discussions or tolerating it or allowing them to lead us on about the complexities of the work we asked them to do and so on, fine. We're not going to hold them accountable six months later for all their mistakes. But on the other hand, let's start holding them accountable now. Let's start saying, okay, maybe I didn't do what I was supposed to for the last six months, but now I'm going to do it. And this step, giving negative feedback, regardless of if it's a change for your directs. I mean, look, people come to us all the time and say, what should I do? We assume you haven't been doing nothing. So therefore, anything we recommend is going to be a change. If you're not getting the results you want, then changing to be effective is going to cause you to change your behavior. So it's going to be a new change. So so we're just saying, no matter what has gone before, no matter how many discussions you've had, no matter how much you you previously believed that Jane is the problem and not Chuck, your direct or whatever. In fact, today, for this example, let's call it our direct Chuck. No matter how long you've been going on doing the wrong stuff, stop. And we recommend you give negative feedback. Okay. You know, you and I have talked about this, Mike. We think we know what most managers are doing, right? You know, you, you, you ask why something's late and you're direct. Again, let's call, let's call him Chuck says in various forms, something along the lines of, you know, but you don't understand. I can't do my work without Jane doing hers. She promised me X and she hasn't given me her stuff yet. And the old joke is, you know, if you want to imagine a, a plate of cheese accompanying Chuck's wine, we won't stop you from doing that. Right. Right. And if if he's not a whiner, he's a high high D. You know, you just tell uh, Chuck Tomasi. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Chuck. Sorry, Chuck, I had to do that to you. Chuck would just say, "Hey, just tell Jane to do her work." 
right? The problem's not me, it's Jane. Yeah, to be fair here to our friend Chuck Tomasi, um, <laughs> when I write these casts, I get emails maybe once every month or two from somebody saying, you use my name, were you thinking about me? Folks, I'm not thinking about anybody's name, any particular person we do this. I think of random names. It's probably a name I read in the Wall Street Journal or Fortune or The Economist in the last uh, month or so. Uh, so you needn't worry. Uh, I happen to have a very good friend who has a very thick skin that often I'm reminded of the name Robert. Um, and so sometimes I use the name Robert. But no, I've never used anybody's name in a negative sense and had that person's name in mind. So Chuck, this is not about you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if Chuck's a high D, like you say, you know, look, just, hey, just tell her to do what she's supposed to do, and then I'll be able to do what I'm supposed to do. You know, your problem's not me, it's Jane. And, and, and of course, then what do managers do? They ask questions about what Chuck did to get to Jane, right? Did, did you ask Jane about doing her work, right? Let me, let me understand what your relationship is with Jane. Um, maybe you asked Chuck what he did to eliminate his dependence upon Jane, if in fact Jane is not doing it. And, and and really, the important point here is up until the point where you start giving negative feedback and forgetting about Jane for a minute and focusing on Chuck, until that time, if you're talking to Chuck about Jane and his relationship or Jane and her work or what Chuck has done or what Chuck hasn't done or what his responsibilities are, at that point, you're playing Chuck's game rather than what you're focusing on what your best opportunity for success are, which is to say Chuck's behavior. And so, look, folks. We want you to know you heard that right. You're focusing on the wrong things. When Chuck tells you Jane's at fault, any discussion you have with Chuck about Jane, about his relationship, about his work, anything else is wrong. Okay. Right. And, and no manager listening to this cast would take it right. If your boss gave you a task, mm. right. And whether you knew it or Good not, point. exactly right, right. some information from a peer, you know, would you, I mean, would you really go back to your boss and tell him that you didn't get your, Deliverable done because your peer hadn't given it to you. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) nice. I don't think so. But you know, wouldn't you agree? This is probably a separate cast. It has to do with the, you and I have had the discussion before about if you hire people smaller than you, you end up smaller than you, you end up having a company run by pygmies, by midgets, right? But I think there is a real pervasive sense among managers, maybe. Maybe a little bit more junior managers, but now as I think about it, no, that's not true. I see it in executives too, where we would never do this, and yet somehow we tolerate it from our directs. And they're only one level below us, uh, and I use the term below loosely, yet somehow we're willing to not tolerate from ourselves and yet pat our directs on the heads when they do it. And and frankly, if I work for you and you pat me on the head and say, well, you'll never understand that. You're, you're not at my level. That really scares me because you're thinking, you know, I'm thinking, well, then you're never going to promote me. And the whole point of being a manager is building. No, not the whole point. One of the key success traits of really great managers is they build capability in the people beneath them and the, their directs. Right. And you don't build more capability in the organization by demanding less of your directs. Exactly. Your right. Phone. So So if you wouldn't say, to your boss, well, you don't understand, Jane didn't do it for me, so therefore I'm off the hook, then there's no excuse for taking that from your directs. If for no other reason, then you want to train them to be effective at your level, because someday they might very well be. If you encourage your directs to perform at a level below yours, all you're doing is asking for more and more problems to be brought to your doorstep. And when we begin to discuss other other people's involvements in our direct responsibilities, when we talk to Chuck about what Jane did or didn't do, we're taking the focus off of our direct, off of Chuck, who we're talking to at the time, which is in the long run ineffective. Why do you think most managers 
do this, engage in this kind of behavior. I mean, they they know better, yeah. right? But they still. Do I think it. there are two two parts. There could be more. The two that jump to my mind most quickly, and and folks, we want to share this with you because we think if we tell you. And you hear yourself and our answer, that will make you feel even better about implementing our solution because our solution is designed around our experiences seeing hundreds and thousands of managers do this on a regular basis, right? Um, I think the first part of it is managers are afraid to give feedback. They're afraid of that moment of conflict. We don't want to hold our direct completely accountable because accountability is responsibility. Responsibility means negative feedback and and, and essentially uh, disincentives uh, in the event that consequences, if you will, if they haven't done what they said they're going to do. If Bob owes us X by Tuesday and it's Tuesday and we don't have X, then Bob's delinquent, I, you know, not to put too fine a point on it. And, and um, so I think the first thing is we don't want to hold Bob accountable to have to give them negative feedback. And so therefore willing to have a discussion about someone else and maybe legitimately it really is Jane's fault and, and not Chuck. Okay. So that's the first thing. Okay. And we get that. Look, we get that. We understand we, Mike and I both and many other executives that are very successful have walked away from giving negative feedback, have wrestled with it and uh, gritted our teeth and regretted the times we didn't do it and saw, saw it happen again and then realized we were complicit as well. I think there's another reason though, and this is one that I think more of us will be, will admit to, even though many thousands of managers tell us all the time, I should give more negative feedback. I think most managers would say, no, I'm trying to solve the problem. And we're, we're not telling you that it's, that it's one or the other. We think it's both. You avoid holding your direct accountable because you don't want to give negative feedback. And we respect that emotion. And then you want to solve the problem. And you think if you solve the problem, then there's no need to give negative feedback. So you avoid one, moving to the other. It's like going to dessert rather than eating your vegetables, right? Yeah, a lot of us want to solve the problem. One, because we want to get the, say it's a project, we want to get the tr project back on track, right? And right. We just want to get what we need from it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. We want the problem to go away, right? We think that maybe we could reach down in there and do it, right? Exactly. Tell them exactly what to do and do it. Yeah. 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 So we just call Jane in and ask if she admits to owing something to Chuck and we encourage her to to get it to him. Yeah. I mean, it, it's as simple as... It's simple as me calling you in and saying, Mike, you've owed this thing to Chuck. When are you going to have it to him? Well, I don't know. Mike, I don't think you're hearing me. I want it done today. You've had it done a week. Give me an hour and give me the time of today before I leave, and I'm leaving early today, that you're going to have it on my desk. Well, yeah. Mike, you're not hearing me. <laughs> what time today am I going to have the thing that you gave your word to Chuck you would have it to? You would have it to him, and you didn't. What time are you going to have that to me? Right. Yeah. Well, it's too bad it doesn't work out that way. I mean, it, it sounds kind of in a linear fashion. It kind of it kind of seems to make sense. Right. But that's not what happens, right? Right, so right, Jane yeah. owes Bob something, right? Or let's say Bob owes Chuck something. We're talking about Chuck, right? So Bob owes something to Chuck. So I call Bob in and then Bob tells me that Jane needs something. Right. Well, he needs something from Jane. So now I call Jane in my office and Jane needs Jane needs something from <laughs> Chuck. <laughs> the monkey and jumps around the room. Yeah. Yeah. yeah look, that's crazy. That, that, and when you do that, at least one of your directs, if they're cynical or worldly, they'll just sort of chuckle and go, new manager, new manager, or, you know, inexperienced manager. And look, folks, I've done it. Um, maybe not to the third or fourth degree, but, and this just reminds us of the old saying that good judgment comes from experience and experience comes from bad judgment. When people ask uh, experienced managers how they get so good, well, made a bunch of mistakes <laughs> and avoided getting in a lot of trouble for them and got promoted for the things I did well. Yeah. Okay. So we're not going to go down this path with Chuck. No. 
No, there's not. There's not some clever way to figure out who's responsible in the chain of responsibilities and turn a screw a certain way and get them to do it. We start with the person who owes us something, who owes the project something, who's committed to something, the person sitting in front of us, and we hold them accountable. The moment you let anybody off of their accountability, the easier it is for them to blame it on somebody else because they know you don't want to hold them accountable. The moment you start holding them accountable is the moment they start, they stop making commitments that they don't think they can keep because it will rely on Jane or Bob or somebody else. And that means they either have to give themselves more time and work harder with Jane, but they know on the next project, you're going to hold them accountable. Okay. So then what do we focus on with Chuck? If he, if Chuck's the one that owes us the, the, the document, the deliverable and doesn't deliver it, where do we go next with Chuck? Yeah, the, the key thing is his behavior, right? Because behavior is results. The, the task that he owns is a set of behaviors that he has to engage in. It may include talking to Jane. I don't know. And we're going to hold Chuck accountable for his behavior because our results as a team are nothing more than the aggregated behaviors of the people on the team. Even if Jane didn't do what she was supposed to do, and she said she gave her word of honor. She swore on her mother's eyes that she would get this stuff to Chuck, and she did not. There's still a myriad of things that Chuck could have done. Uh, look, look, I, I'll tell you something. I had a conversation with Wendy today, and she was uh, she made the the phone call we had scheduled on time, but she was she was out of breath because she ran up the stairs to her her flat, and and uh, I said, please let's not do that, right? I mean, all all I need is a ten minute heads up. Going to be a few minutes late. I don't care if she's half hour late, as long as I know she's going to be late. That's fine, right? So Chuck could have let us know in advance he was going to miss his deadline. Easiest, easiest pie. Right, Mike, suppose I told you that for the rest of your life on projects, I'm not saying you will improve your, your, the likelihood of anything being orange or red, but you will get advance notice by anyone who's responsible of anything that's going to be orange and red. Would you want that for the rest of your life? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now let me ask you something. Okay. So I'll, I'll even take it a step further. Suppose I told you that 5% of the projects for the rest of your life are going to be harder to manage or are going to be delayed 5% more than already now are going to be delayed, but you're going to know in advance that they're delayed. Would you still take that? Yeah. Yeah. If, if I know that they're delayed yeah. in advance, I can do something about it. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. In fact, think about it. What if Chuck comes to you and says, hey, look, I'm going to be a little bit late. What do you do when I call you and say, hey, heads up, I'm going to miss my deadline? What's your first thought? My first reaction is, okay, now what are you doing about it? You know, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm probably not happy about it. You know, frankly, I mean, I don't get happy when folks are, are, are later on things, but right. I don't get upset. And then the question is, okay, well, well, yeah. when am I going to have it? And right. if that's an issue, then we're going to have it. Then we'll have a discussion about right. when I'm going to get it. Right. And, and and by the same token, if I say to you, if you say, well, what's up? And I say, well, actually, I'm struggling. I got a piece of this thing not working. Well, what's wrong? You know, I, I, I've been talking to Jane and just, just we're not. And, and what would you say? Well, you want me to call Jane? Right. If I, if I give you advance notice, you don't feel that you're doing my job or playing who shot John or anything else by saying, hey, look, just, you know, let Jay know that we talked and uh, I'd appreciate her help or something, right? It's not, a, it's not that big a deal. You're not, you're not solving a problem that now is real. You're, you're being proactive rather than reactive, I think, right? Yeah. And I'm more likely to engage in some kind of coaching, maybe not yeah. kind of the manager tools coaching, you know, yeah. 12 week process, but I'm more willing to have a conversation about, okay, how can I help you? What are you doing? And yeah. what problems you're running into and how can I help? Right. Yeah. And it may be, Hey, look, I know Jane said she had it for you, but this guy over here, my peer, his guy has that data all the time. Jane may be getting it for you, but if I make one phone call, you can have it in five minutes. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that's not coaching, but it sure is helpful. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so I, I react this way, but, but only if I get the heads up before the deadline, right? If it's after exactly. the deadline, it's a different discussion. Yeah, exactly. You know, right. You know, tell, tell me, you know, tell me a day before it's due that you're having problems and we'll have a reasonable yeah. conversation. But, and, and, and you appreciate late, the, like, and to me, the, the, the point I was making is every manager I know appreciates the professionalism. If the choice is knowing in advance that you're going to be late, followed by being late or not knowing and then being late. Every manager I know would prefer to know in advance. They appreciate the professionalism, right. even if there's nothing they can do. It may, it may help them make a bunch of subtle choices during the course of their workday, but for no other reason than that, right? Right. So, so in Chuck's case here, then, then lack of behavior, lack of action is behavior, right? right. The failure to do things is the behavior yeah. that you're talking to them about. Yeah. When, you're late with a pro when you're late with something and you know you're going to be late and you haven't sent me a note in advance, right? Here's what I think. You're not managing your projects effectively, right? That, that's a form of negative feedback, right? So look, it, right. Chuck could have copied us on emails and yeah, okay, fine. Blind copy, CC. I, I'm not going to have that discussion, right? On mails, he sent to Jane asking for things. He could have mentioned his concerns in a previous one-on-one. -on -one. He could have asked for, specifically asked for help. He may, have, he may have asked early enough that it wasn't even a risk associated with a missed deadline, right? He could have asked for any help at all before the deadline, but he didn't. And all those things he didn't do are indications that even if there is a problem with Jane, there's still an opportunity to improve Chuck's skills. And I would argue even more importantly, send a message to Chuck that when you are responsible for a deliverable, you are accountable for it, which is to say that if you don't deliver it, there will be accountabilities, there will be consequences. And it's simple as negative feedback. Hey, when you're late, it slows us down and doesn't make you look good. And look, when we're with Chuck, we ought to be working on Chuck. The moment you invite a third party into a communication, it it, it, didn't, it degrades the communication notably. Right. So we're going to focus on failure of, of Chuck to deliver his own work. So you said it real quickly, but give, give me another example of feedback, right? I just don't want to blow past that because I think a lot of folks often make this a much bigger deal than it is. And of course, at the conference, folks finally get it. Yeah, they're stunned. So many examples. They're, they're yeah. stunned like, oh, that took six seconds. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It takes Who was it? There, there was a guy, in a, remember in Washington, D.C., three years ago, we had a, one of our first meetups and we were having, a, there was like 10 or 12 people at one of your restaurants. And they, I said, well, let me give you an example of feedback. And I leaned over to this guy two feet from me on my right and said, hey, Was that Bill? It was, was a Bill. Bill. It was Bill. Bill Gallagher. It sure was. Yeah. And I said, hey, Bill, can I give you some feedback when you're on time? It really makes me feel good that you're a part of the community. And everybody, their mouths just hung open. Like, and I said, "That's feedback, guys. It ain't, you know, it ain't a big deal. It ain't drama. It ain't, it ain't TNT." <laughs> so look, okay, we recommend here that you follow the basic four-step feedback model. Okay, it sounds like this. Chuck, can I give you some feedback? And he says yes. And I say, when you don't meet your deadline, it slows things down. Can you do that differently going forward? I mean. It's not really a big deal. It's 22 words. I, I timed it on our little timer here. It was about six or seven seconds. This isn't rocket science, right? There's no drama. There's no negativity in my voice. And no more fancy than what I just said. No more clever. No more prepared. No more grammatically correct or involved or uh, parenthetical inspections or commas and, and, and introductory clauses or anything like that. It's not a speech. It's a brief moment. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you followed 20 rabbit trails with, with Chuck on, regarding Jane's work and, and Jane's associate and who's at fault and why she didn't do it or why Chuck didn't follow up with, with Jane or with anybody else for that matter. We're recommending 
that at this point, essentially what you do is amount amounts to hitting the reset button. Okay, everything's gone on before, let it go. And now Chuck's mentioning something to you and you say, okay, look, let, let's just stop here real quick. Can I give you some feedback? When you don't meet a deadline, it slows us down uh, and it, it worries me a little bit about your, your ability to get tasks done on time. Can you do that differently going forward? Right? That's it. And, and, and regardless, it's always right to give simple and direct feedback to someone who misses a deadline. Good. And that's the start. Although now we need to talk about the inevitable, which is going to happen. They push back on you. Yeah. And the great thing about this for new managers, think about this for a second, Mike. For new managers, if you haven't made the mistake that all of us more senior managers have made, chasing rabbit trails between Chuck and Jane and listening to Chuck whine about Jane and then thinking that Jane is the problem because we just didn't know any better. If you haven't done this before, you're much less likely to get this pushback. Right. You know, those of you who are more senior managers who have always been following those rabbit trails between Chuck and Jane, when you then start doing this, this is when you're going to get pushback because they, your direct thinks that when they throw somebody else under the bus, when they drop Jane into the grease, so to speak, that therefore somehow you're going to let them off the hook because you have been in the past and now you're not letting them off the hook. This is when they're going to get, they're going to get pushed back. So newer managers, lucky you, you haven't learned a bad habit it, because you haven't learned a bad habit and you start doing things this way. You're much less likely to have pushback. You will have some, but less likely than a manager who has constantly been, been listening to Chuck talk about how Jane's not doing her work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And look, the more we talk about what Chuck wants to talk about, which is to say, and of course, what does Chuck want to talk about? Anything but his responsibilities. The more Chuck is going to be surprised when we refocus on his responsibilities. And again, those of you who have never done this before, lucky you, you haven't messed it up. And really the whole point of this cast is what do we do when one of our directs pushes back and now blames somebody else for their own failure to, de to deliver a given task or a project on time and on budget? And, and when we focus on our direct's failure to do so, a commitment that they made, a task that they owned, and they knew they owned it, we're likely to increase their willingness to throw someone else under the bus. So, so just be aware of that and yet stay, hold their feet to the fire. And uh, we mentioned that because expect it and you won't be surprised by it. The more we focus on the direct behavior we're talking to, which is the right thing to do, the more they may attempt to implicate others. Okay. And that's fine. It doesn't make what we're doing here wrong or ineffective. They're just going to have to get through the process of realizing my boss is really now finally holding me accountable. And frankly, if you ask me from a, from a managerial behavior perspective, the behavior of them blaming somebody else actually ought to reinforce our sense that what we're doing is the right thing because they recognize they're trying to squirm out of responsibility. And we don't want to teach people who work for us, work for us, that they can squirm out of their responsibilities. Thanks everyone. That's it. We'll finish this one up next week. Have a great one. So long. <laughs>